Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden, and this is The Leader. It's not getting any cheaper to live life in London, not with the public transport fare hikes and price of food rocketing. But if you're working in the city, data released on Wednesday by the Office for National Statistics, the government's statistics agency, shows you're probably doing very well indeed with a nice little pay rise, with banker pay growing three times faster than the wages of nurses and teachers, showing how unequal the COVID economic recovery really is. To unpick those ONS findings, we're joined by Luke Hilliard, director of the High Pay Centre. They're an independent think tank. So, Luke, what do today's figures show? They show that pay in the finance and and business sector for bankers, insurance professionals, private equity, etc., jumped 8.1% in the last quarter of 2021. That compares to much lower pay increases in other sectors like the public sector, construction and manufacturing and obviously you'll be aware of the cost of living crisis that's happening at the moment with very high inflation various measures but uh, but currently have inflation running at around five six percent um, by most of them so in real terms that means falling pay for most people but the 8.1 percent in the financial services sector is obviously above inflation the experience of uh, already very highly paid bankers and financiers earning even more becomes a little more jarring. So how exactly do you classify high pay? About £150,000 would put you in the top 1%. And then the sums these bankers are getting, 2 to £3 million. For a FTSE 100 CEO, the median pay last year was £2.7 million. That would put you in something like the top 0.01%. Median full-time salary in the UK is a shade under £32,000. So if you're earning more than that, you're earning more than most people. If you're earning less than that, you're earning less than most people. Sounds like nice work if you can get it. But do these super earners actually offer good value for UK PLC? There is a question of whether it's a sensible use of the resources of the uh, economy as a whole, to be spending so much on such a small number of top earners. The richest 1% by income in the UK capture about 17% of incomes. So you could rebalance the way incomes are distributed in this country, giving quite a big chunk 
to lower and middle earners while still having a, an economy where the, the rich are still quite well rewarded for doing demanded jobs or taking on higher levels of responsibility. In countries like Holland or Denmark, the top 1% will be taking a much smaller proportion of total incomes than, than they do in Britain. And I think they have less sort of painfully divided societies as a result of that. That sounds like an interesting concept. Do you think these kinds of caps could work here in the UK? It's been proposed in the public sector in the UK to have a cap of 20 to 1 between the CEO and the lowest earning employee. The public sector pay for the top executives tends to be a lot lower than at the at the biggest private sector companies. We looked at the idea as part of a research project with a think tank called Autonomy, looking at the idea of capping pay at around 100,000, 200,000 or 300,000 pounds. Even on 100,000 pounds, certainly on 300,000 pounds, you'd be earning much, much more and enjoying a, a much more materially wealthy lifestyle than the vast majority of the population. If you did that, assuming the same levels of, of total incomes as we have today, you'd be able to redistribute very substantial sums of money to the poorest in society. You could raise the minimum annual salary up to something like £19,000 uh, for a full-time worker when uh, currently it's it, it's far lower than that. And it would make a, a big difference to lots of people's lives at the bottom, while those at the top would still be able to enjoy a very materially comfortable affluent lifestyle. There was also Bank of England data released today showing average wages were rising faster than inflation. So why on earth can't the government cough up for a better pay deal for NHS staff? A really good question. I think that obviously with the the furlough scheme, other support mechanisms that the government has had to spend money on during the crisis, all the investment that's gone into things like test and trace, PPE. That's been a, a huge drain on government resources. Government has had to spend a lot. And the argument is that the money isn't there to to give lower paid public sector workers a more substantial pay rise. The counter argument to that, of course, is that the UK is comparatively speaking a, a rich country with the sixth biggest economy in the world. The richest 1% of the population have, by some estimates, a total of 15 trillion pounds in assets. If we were to talk about taxing them a bit more uh, via a direct wealth tax, via uh, higher taxes on extremely high incomes, by equalising taxes on income from capital gains versus income from work, you could create much greater resources for the government and they'd be able to do things like contemplate fairer pay deals for teachers, nurses, other key workers, invest a bit more in public transport and fighting climate change. What's your analysis on how the economic fallout from the pandemic has impacted people across pay scales? People's experiences will be very different. The nature of the crisis and the recovery have been highly unequal. During the crisis, it was typically the sort of lowest paid jobs that were most at risk of redundancy or furlough on reduced pay in industries like catering and hospitality, leisure or travel, other low paid jobs. If you think about hospital staff, cleaners, security guards, porters, delivery drivers, supermarket workers, 
who were able to continue working during the crisis, but often with a lot of close contact with other people. And in the case of the hospital porters and and so on, close contact with people in an environment where there were lots of people with the virus. It was the low paid workers who were also most at risk of, of getting ill. Contrast that with those who worked from home, able to transfer to remote working pretty seamlessly, who were generally better paid professionals who working from home, saving money and can now go out and spend it. Contrast with those who were on furlough on reduced pay or those who were were still working, but who only ever earned enough to cover the, the cost of bare essentials anyway. They haven't built up those savings to to fall back on. So in an environment of rising prices for food and and, and energy and other essentials, this is still a a really tough time, an increasingly tough time. And those higher tax proposals will continue to be a hard sell to our multi-millionaires club. Do you have any other suggestions on ways to balance out economic inequalities? We could mandate profit sharing schemes so that when companies have these bumper years, these windfall profits, they have to share a proportion of that with their ordinary workers rather and seeing it just get trousered by their executives and their investors. These are all very reasonable proposals, very feasible. And I think if the public appetite was there, which I think it is, there'd be a strong case for governments of any of any creed to to implement them. So yeah, I think there's I think there's a great deal that can be done. Some of these things I suggested are already done in other countries. So highly realistic and would leave us with a country with better public services, more money in the pockets of lower middle earners, and actually the rich people who would contribute the, the lion's share towards those kind of improvements would still be enjoying a very good standard of living after they've been taxed a bit more or been asked to pay their workers a bit more. So there aren't really any losers from the proposals. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Thursday at 4pm. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.